Come to We're Always Watching, the official Illuminati podcast. For more about the Illuminati, check out theilluminati.com or go check us out on YouTube at the Illuminati. Today, we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the sequel follow-up to Doctor Strange from Marvel Studios. And now, let's go into the Multiverse of Madness. I am your host, Joe Deckelmeyer. Alongside me is our editor on the Illuminati's website, Kevin Phoenix. How you doing, Kevin? Pretty good. What's up? Caitlin, our features manager. You were here joining us. We all saw Doctor Strange last night. How you doing, Caitlin? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Yes. Uh, look, it's one of the most anticipated movies of the year. This is the big Marvel Studios uh, film that, that a lot of people are comparing to a little mini Avengers movie. Um, and we're going to dive deep into this movie. We're also going to be talking about spoilers. We're going to be talking about the pre-production, uh, give our review on the film, and then also talking about some of the stuff that we got right. We do breaks exclusives and news from time to time. So we're going to be talking about that and some of the behind the scenes stuff as well. But guys, uh, first question I have for you is how hyped were you to finally sit down and watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? WandaVision was my favorite of the MCU Disney Plus shows so far, so my hype level and expectation level was probably one of the highest of our group going into it. How about you, Kev? I was really excited. I, you know, I love Marvel, and so this is like the first real movie that follows along the events after Endgame. You know, like Spider-Man did too, but also Spider-Man was kind of just Spider-Man's story already, you know, from after Endgame, where this was like full ramifications after the fact. So I really wanted to see where they would go with it. I rescind my answer. I was not the most excited. Kevin was based on his outfit. <laughs> That's what did, right. <laughs> what did you wear, Kevin? I wore my Cloak of Levitation robe and my Comic-Con exclusive Eye of Agamotto. But you didn't wear it just to the Doctor Strange screening. We also saw a, a trailer for Avatar a couple times, which you also wore it to. You did not want to take that Levitation cloak off. I just didn't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> That's a fair answer. Yeah, you you actually wore it at lunch when we all met up for lunch too, which was fantastic. Yeah, just so to embarrass everyone around me. Do you usually dress up to to big movie events like this? I not necessarily like a full costume, but if I have any kind of like gear or something, I usually try to bring it. Like when I watched uh, Infinity War, I brought the the recalled uh, loot crate Thanos gauntlet. You did not. You wore a gauntlet. It's it's an oven mitt, but they recalled it because it doesn't actually work. <laughs> so and then that one I could put in my pocket. Did I, you discover that the hard way? No, I just I, they sent the email out and I was like, I'm keeping this. I feel like you just made it worth more money. You know, it's like when they recalled the Pokeballs when we were kids from Burger King. Like, nah, now now it's harder to get. So I'm going to keep this. Caitlin, going into this, were you a Doctor Strange fan from the from the first film? Yeah, I actually enjoyed the first film. I saw it. Um, I actually think I didn't see it in theaters at the time, but I remember watching it on TV and thinking it was the coolest thing ever because it had that very Escher visual effect to it. So I was excited to see more of that plus the multiverse craziness. This was my first uh, junket that I officially ever covered was Doctor Strange 1. Whoa. So this is kind of coming full circle for me. Um, this was obviously a way more secretive movie, I feel like, than that yeah. first film, but it also has a lot more at stake. Kevin, I know you're a big Wong fan. Yeah. Um, where, where did your love of Wong come from? Uh, from the big fact that I look like Benedict Wong. 
yeah, I um so after what's it what was it? Uh, I think it was after Infinity War or during the red carpet, he wore a blue blazer and blue cargo shorts with the Hawaiian shirt. So I was interviewing him at Comic-Con. So I wore a blue blazer, a Hawaiian shirt and cargo shorts. I got to take a picture with them. He's like, do I know you? (laughs) So that was. You're a multiverse version? Yeah. So I was like, I'm basically a Wong variant or a Don Lee variant. I'm like right in the middle of those two. Now, before we get into reviewing the film, we're going to talk about the pre-production process. But before we even do that, I want to ask both of you a quick question. We know that a lot of things happened during this film, not just COVID, but a director change. Uh, what did you expect going into this, Caitlin? Um, while I was very excited for it, I was a little bit nervous because of just all the craziness that had been reported. Because like, not only was it di- director change, there were script issues. So I was, I was, ex- I was a little nervous that it was going to be messy and all the cameo rumors just right. it was a lot it was a lot to take in i remember when the i'm sure everybody remembers when the rumors were running rampant for uh spider-man no way home about all these cameos and everyone was like well how are they going to tell a cohesive movie with all these characters in it and i felt like a lot of that was uh at least was in the back of people's heads with dr strange and the multiverse of madness um i do have a question for you kev before we get into this pre-production thing Wanda's a big part of this as well, and this is really our first Marvel MCU film to address some of the Disney Plus things. I know we're going to dive deep into it when we do our review, but going based on that, did the Disney Plus shows hype you up even more for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, the Disney Plus shows definitely, especially WandaVision. Served its purpose then, right? It served its purpose, but I feel the movie didn't ah, serve, we'll get there. serve the show. What we'll if What if got me hyped too? Both yeah. of those for me. WandaVision Wanda, oh, yeah, and What If. Well, before we get into our review, let's talk about some of the pre-production. The MCU is so vast, and there's so many films in there. Caitlin, what is our MCU uh, essential watch here for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Well, the most obvious uh, first one should be Doctor Strange, because this is a sequel. But we also have other movies within that MCU timeline that are tied into Doctor Strange's story because this is not just Doctor Strange cutting to Doctor Strange 2, it's Doctor Strange after the events of Infinity War, after the events of Endgame, after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home. So you need to see all of those to really- as well. Yeah, well, I'm talking Doctor Strange's story at the moment. So you need to see all of those to understand where Doctor Strange is at by the time this movie comes up. Wanda is a different story because you have her introduction in Ultron, you have uh, her time with the Avengers in Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, And then you have WandaVision, which is crazy important because even when WandaVision was first being promoted, it was this big thing of this is going to tie into Doctor Strange 2. It was the first series that was an official MCU series to do that. On that note, we also have What If? Because that was the first time we really got into digging into the multiverse in a way that wasn't just kind of a mention of it in the first Doctor Strange movie. So you get to actually see alternate universes. So those are, I think, the big ones for the MCU. Those are going to be the important ones that you need to watch for sure. So let's back this up for a second just to make sure we check it all off our list. Avengers, Age of Ultron. We got Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be doing uh, WandaVision. I, no, I jumped the gun on that one, didn't I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yep. Avengers Endgame. Uh, we're also going to be doing WandaVision. 
and What If. Oh, and, and Spider-Man. And Civil War. No Way Home and Civil War. So those those eight Marvel properties in, in some type of uh, chronological order is, is going to be your best viewing experience for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, Kevin, question to you. Do you have to watch all of that to understand this movie? It, no, I don't think you have to watch everything. Um, the movies are more important than the shows, I believe. I would not disagree. Yeah, the, the movies definitely play more into the shows. But there's also like stuff you could watch out, like outside of... That said, you should watch WandaVision for this. Not yeah. necessarily saying because like there are aspects of her story arc that you probably won't that will feel like they came out of nowhere if you have no knowledge of wandavision yeah wandavision wandavision would probably be the most important and it's, it is directly like wanda's place is in the film is exactly where wandavision put her yeah now the question i have for you now that we know the essential viewing order in order to go into doctor strange and the multiverse of madness one question i have caitlin and it's a simple one before we get into the spoiler review here is does it pay off the things that it needed to in the process of uh, serving the things that came before it, but also opening the door for the MCU? Largely. Largely. Well, we're going to get into this in just a second, but first, let's talk pre-production. All right, so pre-production for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, originally set to be uh, before Spider-Man No Way Home and after WandaVision. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it's so many setbacks, uh, COVID protocols, uh, director change, writer change, reshoots. Um, yeah, uh, originally, Scott Derrickson was supposed to direct uh, this film. It was going to be his follow-up to the original Doctor Strange, the, the titular version titler titler version of dr strange uh but it didn't end up happening um we know that scott derrickson titular titular i don't know how to say that word but we do know that derrickson uh, is mostly used to used to directing horror and i felt like in that first movie he really wanted it to be horror but marvel studios somehow didn't really let that happen and i felt like in the second movie uh he was almost i don't want to say promised but it felt like the tone that, that he was probably expecting, expecting was going to be way more horror. And I, there's this great clip. If you guys go on YouTube, check it out. It's a great clip of uh, the San Diego Comic-Con where Kevin Feige's kind of doing all the movie announcements. And uh, Scott Derrickson's up there and he says, like, this is going to be Marvel's first real horror movie. And the look on Kevin Feige's face as he's saying that is hilarious. But um, I recommend going back and watch it. It's out there on YouTube. But Scott Derrickson didn't continue on with this film. Uh, it was picked up by Sam Raimi, which was, uh, I thought, a, a fantastic choice. He's, he has experience directing superheroes with Spider-Man, the, the original Spider-Man franchise. And then he, I mean, he's known, he made his mark in horror with these uh, Evil Dead films and, and these really kind of like um, cult classics. Yeah. So I thought that that was a good little mix too. Um, but yeah, this movie went through a ton of changes. Caitlin, look, for as many as many changes as this movie went through, are you surprised with how well they were able to handle those changes? And also during the course of a pandemic? Um, Honestly, thinking about it, yeah, I am kind of surprised because I think Marvel did a pretty decent job of handling a lot of the content because we're thinking about it, we're still getting content that was made during the pandemic. Granted, it's still 
technically ongoing, but it's calmed down. So we're still we're getting content that was like kind of made during that height of the pandemic still. And the fact that this movie was able to be made with a change in director and a change in writer. Yeah, I'm very impressed with that, especially with how many characters are in this. This is not a like small origin story. Yeah, here's some fun facts about the movie that I'm checking out on IMDb. So this is Sam Raimi's first uh, directed film, uh, feature film in nine years since Oz the Great and Powerful in 2013. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen flew to London to work on this film just two days after she finished filming WandaVision. Mm. It's quite impressive. Now, why most films uh, are released under the genres of action, comedy, drama, sci-fi, and fantasy, this will be the first MCU film, Marvel Studios film, released under the horror genre, interestingly enough. Um, so there's fun little tidbits here uh, about this film. Uh, Scott Derrickson, he was going to direct and had plans to, uh, to debut Namor the Submariner in this film, apparently. Namor and Doctor Strange were allies and members of the superhero team The Defenders and also members of the group The Illuminati which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but yeah, it seems like there was a lot. Also, the writer that came on uh, on board after, he was the one that wrote Loki. Michael Waldron. Michael Waldron. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, so there's a, a lot of little changes that, add, that, that kind of added up. And we're going to talk about some of the exclusives uh, that we broke and what ended up changing. But we'll do that after. But before you go any further, this is a spoiler podcast. So if you have not seen Doctor Strange in the multiverse, uh, multiverse of Madness, please hit that pause button or please hit that stop button. Go watch the film and come back to the show. If you don't mind spoilers, uh, feel free to keep on listening. But we will spoil the movie for you and we are going to give our opinions. So we're going to give you one final warning for the spoilers. Kevin, you wrote the review on the Illuminati.com for Doctor Strange in the, multi in the Multiverse of Madness. Talk to me. Chat me up. What'd you think of the film? I really enjoyed it. It was like, it's a very good film. Like it's, you know, there's not, it's not necessarily bad about it. I think we're kind of spoiled by always kind of getting a movie that exceeds our expectations because most Marvel movies tend to be better than you somehow imagine it to be like, you know, like Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Um, whereas this one kind of just it hit the mark. It kind of pushes your, it like leans you into thinking like, oh, it's going to be great. Uh, nah, it's good. And so I, but I think like the horror aspects were really good. It really brings a new dimension that to what you can do with superheroes. And I think that's going to create like, New, probably a new type of new types of TV shows, new types, hopefully even like a new type of film with some other characters. Uh, but then I think what it was like really like the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Like the fast pace was it was from like immediately as the movie starts, it's 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 running and it never really slows down. It just goes faster and not as fast. It never lets you settle. So the horror element kind of you're never settled in. You're always kind of on edge and like wondering like, am I going to get scared? Am I going to feel something or am I going to just keep, you know, jumping to the next scene? And I thought that was like a really cool, like control of the audience's viewpoint. Now the film was written by Sam Raimi and it is, yeah. I'm sorry, it's directed by Sam Raimi and it's written by Ma Michael Waldron. Uh, Caitlin, you actually had a very unique experience with the film because you actually got to see the first 20 minutes uh, before anybody else during a press event. With those first twenty minutes, um, talk to me about how you felt about, about how you felt about watching that first twenty minutes. 
what the audience was feeling with you during that first 20 minutes. And upon second rewatch, if there's anything that you may have picked out that either made it better, worse, or about the same experience for you. Uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about the first 20 minutes, honestly, was it dives straight into the weirdness of it and you get weirder magic because we're, we've gotten used to kind of just, I would say almost a basic version of Marvel magic. And with this, in the first 20 minutes, you have his weird giant like cat thing attack. It was just, it was so strange. Sorry, <laughs> pun not intended. Um, and the fact that it immediately drops you into the action of there's an alternate strange and it's you can tell it's in like this weird midway point between universes. So I thought all of that was great. It did also did an interesting job of introducing Wanda of kind of where you almost would expect her to be post WandaVision in that first 20 minutes. I will say upon second viewing, I can tell why they only gave us 20 minutes because the second, like probably minute 21, everything changes. Now, we also get introduced right off the bat to America Chavez, uh, played by, I can't say her first name. Is it Zo Zoichil? I think it's Zochi. Zochi? Right? I, I thought is, it was Zochi Gomez? Yeah. Zochi, yeah. Um, she is fantastic, but we, we get introduced to her right off the bat and, and we see her meeting Defender Strange. So immediately, we're uh, already meeting an alternate version of Doctor Strange. Kevin, I know you're a Doctor Strange fan. Seeing Defender Strange for the first time, what was your initial reaction there? Why was he wearing eternal armor? That's, I, I think that, like, his clothes looked a lot like um, uh, Barry, Barry Coogan's characters. Like, they Barry had this, Keegan, yeah, Barry yeah. Keegan's, oh, yeah. yeah. It was like the red and the black, and they had that, that, and it just, it never, we kind of never get anything about it, but it looked, all I thought about right away was Eternals. And so, and then the ponytail, which wasn't a fan of. But. Are, are you a little surprised we got America Chavez so fast in the story? Kind of, yeah. I thought they'd be kind of like, you know, she'd have like a little happy moment before she was, you know, in a traumatic experience, but no, it was straight to trauma with her. You know, Marvel Studios does a great job of presenting these young actors to us and us uh, immediately getting attached to them. And I feel that like phase four, we've kind of gotten that a lot. We've yeah. gotten these, a lot of these uh, young characters that we're kind of following. I mean, obviously we've gotten that Spider-Man and Civil War and going through, but now it seems like they're like with uh, Kate Bishop and, and Yelena and, and now America, I feel like we're starting to see this next generation of the MCU really emerging. And I really like America Chavez. I think that she's a, a, one of the brighter spots in the film. I, I think that some of the stuff that happens with her, you care more about instantly than, uh, than you maybe care about some of the other plot threads that are going on in the film. Um, and I think that she does a really good job of portraying this kind of like innocent kid that's just scared because she doesn't know uh, how to master her powers quite yet, which is pretty cool. We see her being chased throughout the multiverse as well through uh, from another character that we saw in What If, or at least we can assume it's from What If, right? Gargant, Gar Gar what is it? Oh, yeah, Gargantos. Gar yeah. Yeah there, yeah, there was a ton of speculation during What If that that was Shumagarath or... Maybe Gar maybe it was Gargantos. I mean, that would make sense. Right, right. It, it could just be a tentacle monster because it just, yeah, like there was another tentacle monster before she, uh, Gargantos, even she, before that. It's like, remember in What If, you know, uh, Evil Strange just- Well, that's what I'm talking about. Was that not the same character? Nah. Not the I, same I, tentacle monster? I, I could have been. It still had all its tentacles, though. Like, How do we know? I mean, it could, re yeah, it could have regrown yeah. and stuff. But it, I think, 
it was just that universe, whatever universe they were tapping to, or like. So, do you think that this Gargantos was from core, the core MCU universe, or do you think it was from an alternate one? I think they, I think the one in What If and the one in the movie are just all from one multiverse that they just pulled from. Like it's a monster universe. Mo- monster universe. They just, yeah, they just grab whatever they can and throw it whoever they want to throw it at. Hey, I have a question for you, Kev, because I know that you really like the film. Uh, everything. Everywhere. Everywhere. All everywhere all at once. once. Did. Did this multi-dimensional experience maybe not live up to expectation because you had seen that movie previously? Yeah, it's kind of a really. Yeah, everything ever all at once. I think it's because everything ever all at once was more of the story. Like it, the the multiverse enhanced the story, whereas here the multiverse really seemed like the concept was the bigger focus in the story, and I think that's the difference with. Like, whereas you had a strong, per, like, family generational trauma story going through everything everywhere all at once. This one, you had two big stories to that were built up, you know, WandaVision, Wanda from WandaVision, and then, you know, Strange through the, you know, through the MCU main movies as well. Mm-hmm. And then you also had America coming in. But their stories kind of took a backseat to, like, you know, displaying the like, all, yeah. I also, and I maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I felt like everything, everywhere, all at once, the multiversal aspect was like more internal almost because, spoiler, if you haven't seen that movie, it's less of traveling through the multiverse physically and mm-hmm. more of them almost like tapping into the multiverse mentally that then enhances you. Yeah, it was more is from the mar- from the you know, multiverse of madness. It's it rev- like reverse dream walking. Instead yeah. of jumping into another one, you bring another person into you and yeah. to enhance yourself, which is in my opinion is kind of the the process of magic that was explained in the first Doctor Strange. Yes. With this film, uh look, I mean we all three of us saw WandaVision and I think everybody for the most part had a uh, had a pretty decent experience with that show, but we get Wanda here in this film. And as soon as Dr. Strange kind of like goes to meet her, um, does that Wanda seem the same that we saw last in WandaVision? So WandaVision had this very ambiguous ending of she left and like let, the town go and all of that, which was good, but she also had the dark hold and she was messing around with that. And she, you like her, she heard her kid's voice. So you weren't totally sure what was going on. So I could buy that. She kind of was like, I shouldn't be doing this. I've maybe I found peace. I could buy that as a possibility. That being said, completely made sense that that was not actually what happened. Now, it's interesting because there was a big rumor going around that uh, that one of our uh, colleagues, uh, Murphy's Multiverse, broke way back in WandaVision, that Doctor Strange was set to appear in a post-credit scene in WandaVision. Um, I can only assume it was going to be in that cabin he scene. confirmed that. He did confirm that. He did confirm that. So do you think that that scene was altered and reshot and that was the, sh- the scene we got with the apple, the apple trees? Oh, that would make sense. I mean... Yeah. If you were going to do it for a post-credit scene, then you would need it to be still that ambiguous ending, having him almost like, yeah, taking like that clip and just putting it at the end of WandaVision. Almost kind of what they did with in Thor Ragnarok when uh, yeah. when Thor and Loki went to go visit, yeah. ironically enough, Doctor Strange. Yeah. The, I mean, that scene that's in the post-credit scene in- uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is-, is Right, a full-blown scene in Thor Ragnarok. So- I mean, it seems like a possibility, especially since we know this movie went through extensive reshoots. I'm very curious to see 
how much of this film is left on the cutting room floor and if there's enough footage where they'd be able to piece together a whole completely another movie. I mean, it was only two hours. There has to be like a decent amount left on the cutting room floor. And we're going to talk about where we thought some things were cut based on information that we know and based on some of the cameos that we we knew that were rumored to appear. Kevin, though, I have a question because we were talking about some of the Disney Plus stuff and we were just talking about Wanda. The Disney Plus stuff, this is interesting. This movie is very interesting and unique in a way because this is the first movie that addresses the fallout of the Disney Plus series, uh, WandaVision and What If very specifically. Do you think that they did a good job of handling Wanda, especially coming out of the uh, WandaVision, which was such a high profile show? No, uh, I think like, her story, just her her arc just kind of drops off. Yeah. Toward, like her buildup was great. So when she was in there and where she, she was like on their power levels and everything like that, that like she was brought in well, but in terms of story, they kind of just, it seemed like they just gave up on their story at the end. Yeah, when we were eating dinner last night and really reminiscing about the movie, Brandon Zachary, who was part of our creative department here at the Illuminati, we were all talking about this film. And the one thing that kind of uh, sparked up in my head was uh, was was kind of a comparison I made to Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith, where you kind of get to see his downfall and his descent into darkness. And in this film, we don't really see what happens after WandaVision and, and in between this film, but it seems like a lot happened off camera yeah. for Wanda to get to the mental state that she's at. Um, look, if anything proves correct is that a mother will do anything for her child. And I think this goes to the extreme in that movie. But uh, the trailers, for the general trailers, I feel, well, I, well, let me take this back. Because I think that the more recent trailers have really, sh you know, it, it shines a light on Wanda being the villain. But the earlier trailers didn't necessarily do that. They still ambiguously played her being a possible hero in this. I was shocked by how quickly they were like, nope, she's the villain. Agreed. She's the bad guy. I was completely expecting it for, cause she tried to play him. And I was like, ex but like, even in the movie you clock it, cause he clocks it where it's like, he didn't tell her America's name. It, like it was not subtle where I was expecting. It was like, oh yeah, bring her, I'll protect her, psych. But instead <laughs> it's just like, nah man, I'm doing this. It literally happens within the course of their first conversation together. That's literally yeah. why I'm saying like they only showed 20 minutes because by minute like 21 or 25, you're like, oh no. I also <laughs> like the fact that Doctor Strange is an Avenger and he's just kind of like, you know, all that stuff that you did in, in Jersey, eh, it's not a big deal. <laughs> like it's cool, you know what I mean? Like, only enslaved we don't need to talk about town. that right now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you put it right. Did she put it right or did she just go, mm. I should not enslave this town with like a military trying to attack me. You know what? I, speaking of Wong Division for a second, that was our first real big show that that seemed like it was going to introduce us to X Men characters, especially yeah. with uh, Evan Peters making a re I don't want to say return, but making a a cameo. I guess I know I'm in the minority here. I thought that was hilarious. The the uh, the, the boner joke. Boner joke. Yes. Ralph Boner is that his name? Yeah. Everyone hated it, and I get why everyone hated it. I thought it was hilarious. Well, you know what? I think that Marvel does a really good job of building expectation. And then that that happened to be the case where the payoff, uh, it wasn't there for most it fans. It didn't reach. I, I think that must have been a definite inside joke for some of the writers in that room being like, hey, I got a funny idea. Let's see what the fans think about I think because it was, I don't remember if it was the writer or the director said that one of their favorite MCU like twists was the one in Iron Man. Um, 
Oh, was three. this? A, what, yeah, was this the uh, ma- the Mandarin? Yeah, the Mandarin. Like the fact when I heard that, I was like, oh, of course you did this twist because this is essentially that. The, you know, the, the, the difference worst with Iron the Man. Mandarin thing though is that there is redemption eventually for a Mandarin esque character, which comes later in Wen Wu, yeah, in Shang Chi and in Legend of the Ten Rings. We also get follow up on the actual character that was sh- like not the real Mandarin. Yeah, but I, I don't see us ever revisiting Ralph Boner. No, I don't either. You know what I mean, like, and, and and I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, it's such a missed opportunity to just retcon him as is Quicksilver now." You know what I mean? The only way it would have been a funny thing is if in this specifically, you have Wanda like essentially like thumbing through the universes looking for Strange, and you see that X Men one, and she's like, "Wait, no." Like, if it was almost like that sort of like tongue in cheek moment of there's a reason for it, it's because she was going to recognize him later, but. Yeah, if they if it came back again, like I thought it would, you know, just show like, oh yeah, variants could look different, and then right, that would have been a fun little yeah. uh, like little callback if she would have like you know used the dark hold power to to kind of like you know find herself in the Evan Peters X Men world. I guess I don't because it was like she was like a little kid in that world. Like yeah. there's a little girl that's Wanda. In that I expected world actually expected to see like a clip of him as Quicksilver in the. Uh, the astral plane you did on that TV. I thought that was going to be like, oh, they're their siblings. You know what? I, cool. So speaking what of I that thought. astral plane thing, we'll, well, we'll get there in a second because yeah. I think that's such a big, um, it's one of these big massive cameos that everybody was uh, fiending for. But before we even get into that, this movie's called In the Multiverse of Madness. And we do travel through a few different multiverses. Sort of. Uh, sort of. We end up at one primarily, but can... D- off of the top of your head, can you remember any of the multiverses we saw? Because one of them, which I thought was cool, we saw the Savage Land. We saw paint, like they became paint. That was just, that was, I don't, I'm assuming that wasn't like a callback to anything. If it was, that is a crazy comic and I would love to read it. But it was very cool visually. We saw like. An animated world that yeah, they go to. Yeah, that was cool. That The problem with it was it was very much, oh, we're falling through these and essentially like five seconds a piece and then we're just going to land in our main one. Right, right, right. And and that, I, w- I wish we, I mean, obviously I wish we could have spent a little bit more time. By the way, this movie's runtime is two hours. It's too short. It's, it's too, too short. short. Like there's definitely more that I think could have been explored. And I think more should have been worked out with Wanda's character very specifically. I agree. Yeah. My, I think my biggest, because I, I think I walked out of there probably the most disappointed of all of us. And Maybe. it was specifically because of Wanda. The rest of the movie, I think, is solid. And I think Wanda, in the how she was used for horror, was amazing. However, her character arc, I mean, you said it. It felt like we did WandaVision again, except instead of it being an accident in her, it was very much on purpose. And another thing, too, is Wanda literally has no consequences for any of her actions. I'm t- going all the way back from... Uh, 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 Ultra. Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then including Civil War when she goes on the run with Cap. And then, you know, um, WandaVision. And now this. There's like, nobody ever brings this woman to justice. To be fair, what are you going to do? Look, I'll say this. It, 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 looking at how much power she had yeah. in this film, it feels like she could have beat Thanos by herself. Yes. And, you know, I know that we get a, she gets her little tussle with Thanos being like, you know, uh, he's like, I don't even know who you are. And he's right. like, oh, you will or whatever. Like, 
that was and Kevin, we were driving home. We were talking about this, and and you did make a good point. That was a different Wanda, though. This is yes. this is pre Scarlet uh, Witch Wanda, which I love the fact that we use the name the Scarlet Witch, by the way, and that it's like this mythic thing. Another thing that bothers me, though, because you would assume that if she's this mythic legend. And, and strange and 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 all these guys and know so much. They knew it when they yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Like they wouldn't know this was gonna happen. Well, to be fair, I don't think anyone knew because we remember in Wandavision, Agatha's shocked to realize that she's the Scarlet Witch. The thing that was weird to me was when they went to the other multiverses, and he's like, "Wanda's coming. She's the Scarlet Witch." And they're like, "So?" I'm like, "This is a like being." Literally a being, not a person, but a being who has the ability to control the multiverse. They say it in the movie. She can control the multiverse and play with it like a puppeteer. And they're like, we're not worried. It's fine. Which, again, immediately regret, I'm sure, on their parts. <laughs> but that, to me, was one of those things that's so weird. Because I'm like, everyone else is like... She's the what now? This is terrifying. You know, one thing that I think now that we're even talking about this, I think that this movie makes maybe a couple episodes of what if better for me. Yeah. Um, especially the the one about uh, Christine where, where, where. That's my favorite one. It's a great episode, but also just the question when they're at the wedding, when she asks uh, prior to our version of or the 616 now version of Doctor so Strange. Weird. Uh, prior to him understanding, um, she asks, are you happy? And now that we have context from that what if episode, we know that he's never going to get the girl, which uh, another former doctor, I guess, makes reference to. Yeah, that was like the Doctor Strange that went crazy and was just became a serial killer of himself. <laughs> That was such a cool moment, though, yeah. like, because in this, it's very much when you dream or have nightmares, it's you getting glimpses into alternate versions of yourself in the multiverse. I love that shot, by the way, yeah. too. That's yes, cool. that was a great shot. But when he when you have the like serial killer one, that's like, ever had those dreams about falling? Yeah, <laughs> I push them. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I, another thing that I, I found cool about this, too. Now, I, I, I just started watching Moon Knight and I didn't realize that there was a uh, like another dream sequence that's very similar to, to Doctor Strange, the way it opens when 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 um, when Stephen Grant kind of blacks out in his dream, he's, and then he wakes up. Yeah, it's very similar to the way that Doctor Strange and whoever else is dreamwalking at that point are doing this as well. So I know that this isn't tied in with Moon Knight, but I did find that interesting that they're using this uh, the tool of dreaming uh, to kind of display the multiverse, whereas obviously uh, Moon Knight's using it in a, in a different kind of as a, as a different device. But what were you gonna say? Oh, this movie had some of the best one-liners. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 Like Wanda's, uh, we got to talk about it right now. Or you go yeah, ahead. so yeah, like, a few, man. we yeah. get into the, uh, we get into the, the what, what is this world called? Or what is this pocket universe called that we kind of spent a lot of our second act in? I think it's, I I might be wrong, but I believe it's 838. 838. So we're, we're in the 838 uh, universe. One of the cool th things that I thought that they had in that universe, by the way, this is where we get our, uh, uh, our amazing Bruce Campbell cameo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got a Bruce Campbell cameo here. It's a lot of fun. Um, but in this universe, uh, just like she does in the comics, we know that America Chavez loves pizza. They, they have pizza balls in this universe. Also, they have these things that are like memory machines where yeah. they step into them and it seems like they pull out memories so you don't have to remember. We see a memory of Doctor Strange having, uh, I think it's dinner with Chris, with Christine. Yeah. And America's- Right, where he gets the watch. And then America's is, a, is kind of a touching moment where uh, we see what happens to our moms. Mm -hmm. um, does anybody know if that's comic accurate? 
No, I, I have no idea. yeah. By that by that point in Marvel, I was just sticking to a couple she's a couple rel- books. She's relatively new to Marvel yeah. comics. I think yeah. she's like. 2012 or 2015 is when she debuted. Right, right. So, you know, we know it's pretty accurate with what her power is, but I thought that that was a cool way for us as an audience to see how her powers work. I agree. Um, here's the thing, though, and, and I don't know because it this also felt, this whole scene actually felt like a reshoot to me. Um, the only reason I say that is because we know that there were rumors of Baldur the Brave being in the movie. Yeah. And, we, and we've also heard the rumors that Bruce Campbell was playing Baldur the Brave. My guess is that they reshot this sequence, taking him out, but putting Bruce Campbell in this sequence. So I'm curious to see if this wasn't the original sequence for the 838 universe. Is that right? Yes. I'm very curious to see what it would have looked like uh, yeah. prior to any kind of reshoots. Yeah. I Part of what I really liked about the scene with her moms is because you said it was kind of surprising that we just drop in on her, which weirdly makes sense with her power set because it's she just gets pulled like pulled into multiverses, especially at the beginning, without any control. So having it be that we just see her running immediately makes sense, but this was the moment of, what is her origin? Mm. Horror. That's a terrible origin. You get, like, stung by a bee and accidentally fling your parents into another universe and then get pulled into a completely different one when you're... Because she's 14 in the movie, so she must have been, like, 10? At, at the youngest. She's like, or, yeah, she was a child, like, of... Yeah, she was... It, it wasn't the same actress. Yeah. So she had to be young. You know, also, uh, I think that this is a reflection solely on Doctor Strange's parenting skills as well. Because we saw that he, with him in Spider-Man, like, he is... Doctor Strange is, like, the fun uncle at this point now. <laughs> and in, even in this movie, it, it, it just seems that, like, he's always looking... I mean, we, we do see him... You know, begin to care about her as as a person as we as we uh, go through the course of the film. But everybody in every universe understands that Doctor Strange is willing to make the sacrifice, and he makes reference to this in Infinity War when he straight up tells Tony Stark, "Hey, if it's between you or the gems, it's you that's gonna die." You know what I mean? And the kid. And yeah. the kid. You know what I mean? So he 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 knows what the mission is. Um, yeah. Speaking of missions, one of the things we see in this universe is a giant statue of Doctor Strange without the stash, by the way, or without the goatee. Yeah. But he he died apparently in a fight with Thanos. Um, this is where we see Mordo who finds him, and uh, if any the most hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this part was great, by the way, because the one thing that I thought about too, as soon as we got the announcement that this was going to be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it automatically brought to my attention is like. Wow, they set something up in the first yeah, movie. Yeah, are we just not going to pay off Yeah, are we that? not just going to... Yeah, exactly. Like, Because it seems like if you wouldn't have known any better... Mind you, this Mordo is still in the MCU hating Doctor Strange, at least in the 616. But it almost seems like it was a character that needed to be shoehorned in, it that felt is, like. Oh, 100%. Like, that was one of the things... Because walking into it, I wasn't really... I didn't really think about it. But walking out of it, I'm like... We're just never, ever going to get payoff on Mordo being, like, death to all sorcerers and magic and everything, right? Because I think initially, like, way back when, God, this had to be, like, two years ago or whatever, when we, when it was, like, that Mordo was coming back, I kind of assumed he was going to be the villain and that, like, Strange and Wanda would be fighting him because he wants to destroy all magic. What do Strange and Wanda have in common? Magic. So the fact that we got Mordo, but it had no payoff or connection to the first Doctor Strange, and literally you have the moment of, wait, they're friends here? <laughs> was so, yeah, shoehorned in. But there's also that dangling plot thread of like, where is the 616 Mordo? Yeah, I have And no like, why, why did he have no presence when Wanda was doing all this stuff? I feel like also you can't go back to it at this point. 
It's a little harder. It's too small. It's yeah, like it's such an everything. Right. It feels like such an insignificant part of this Doctor Strange journey at this point. Yeah. And it, it almost seems like even as a villain, like as a fight, it would be like uh, so quick at this point. Well, I almost feel like if he came back, it was like, Strange, I'm going to destroy you. You'd be like, Wong is going to flick him. Right. And Mordo's going to disappear. Exactly. It'd be like crossbones in uh, Civil War. Yeah. But you know what? I did like this Mordo. Oh, like, he was fun. I, I like the eight three eight version of Mordo. It, he, he it is it, he is kind of funny, um, but he lures Doctor Strange into what, what's their facility called? Sanctum Sanctorum. No, is that where they took him? That's where they were. Yeah. Oh, I thought that they had a, another name for their facility. Well, yeah. it was. I think the Sanctum Sanctorum was where they um, like went into at first, and then late. I don't know if it it might be under the Sanctum or they moved into a different location. I thought that was that the Baxter, Baxter. Baxter. Yeah, right. You know, I was telling Caitlin because she was sitting next to me in the theater. Like, if you look on the there was a like a brick wall like right as they were entering, there was an Illuminati symbol, but it was the MCU version of the Illuminati symbol that that uh, I'll show you guys later on my phone. But I'll show you like uh, the design of it, and I was like, oh, that's the symbol. Um, that was cool, but this is our first introduction to the Illuminati. Now, here's an interesting, fun little thing. Um, during the trailer campaign, which the, the first trailer dropped during the Super Bowl, and one of the voices everybody heard was Patrick Stewart. I think that was... I remember that because we were watching it. Right. I think that was directly because we released... We we, we, break, we broke the I, news yeah. that uh, Patrick Stewart was going to be in the movie. I, I have a feeling this had something to do with it. Uh, <laughs> as 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 more promos came out for the film, the more upfront they were. They completely... Like, it wasn't his face, but you could tell it was him. Right. And then one of the big stories we dropped was that... And, and we'll get... We'll get... We'll talk about this more in depth, but... One of the big stories that we dropped was that was going to be Charles Xavier from the X-Men 97 animated series that Disney Plus is reviving. Yeah. Now uh, that the film is out, it seems to be the case to the point where I got goosebumps when they played Danny Elfman's score, cinematically played the X-Men, the animated series theme song. And I about lost my shit. I, yeah. Like that was, was such a cool I moment. was between you and Kevin and both of you were like, just seized up immediately enjoy <laughs> such a cool moment but prior to that too like look we also got uh, uh black bolt in this played yeah. by uh the great anson. anson mount i like anson mount a lot personally I, I i think he's great i wish i personally wish that uh he got more to do with that character and it wasn't so relegated to just that um that imax special abc show yeah because anson mount is a fantastic actor and uh, he doesn't have a lot of lines in this film, but he has a he very Black Bolt. Black Bolt shouldn't have a lot of lines. Shouldn't have a lot of lines. That costume that Black Bolt was wearing looked badass, though. Yeah, that it was did. very. That's what I wanted him to wear in that television series. Yeah, I, I do. I will say this. I wish that we saw, and at least we got to see his power set to play, displayed. But I wish we would have gotten more Black Bolt because I want that character to have justice so bad. Uh, another one, a big fan favorite, and this is one that uh, that. I mean, technically, we knew, and we knew like prior to this breaking, but we just didn't put out the story. We were just waiting yeah. for somebody else to put it out. But it was a, uh, that's right. John Krasinski makes his uh, MCU debut as Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, and um, the smartest man alive. The smartest man alive. Kind of manifest this whole thing. Yes, though? and I'm gonna put a clip in right here. 
Um, I do feel somewhat responsible because last time we talked, I asked about Mr. Fantastic, and I think that just blew up. Now, uh, a lot of our fans at Screen Rant love the superhero stuff. Switching gears for a second, I okay. know that you and Emily have both flirted with uh, with this for a little bit. Yeah. Any chance <laughs> that uh, you guys could be playing Mr. and Mrs. Uh, or again, the Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Fantastic Four. Yeah. I would love that. I mean, listen, I'm I'm a I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm still getting into the whole uh, superhero thing. I didn't read comics as a kid as many. I, I read some, but not as much. But I'm a huge superhero fan. And so, yeah, I'd love to do something like that. If there are any left. The, sure, a lot yeah, of these yeah, have been yeah. taken. But um, the ones that are left, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to do something like that. And listen, I'd love to work with her again. So any chance I got would be over the internet, was, so was I you. apologize. But also, when you book the role, 10% should go to... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, right? Yeah, just write your name down, your address. And <laughs> right. No, but honestly, um, now that there's so much fan art of you as, as Reed Richards and all this other stuff, how do you feel like when you see that stuff? I only just became aware of it recently. Somebody actually just said it today that I'm being drawn like him, which yeah. I didn't know. I've seen the fan art, like that guy Boss Logic has done some incredible stuff. I feel indebted to him because whether or not it happens, at least I can feel like it did because I'll just throw that on my wall and say that I did it. Um, no, I, it's one of those things where it, 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 I haven't really been a part of something where, you know, the... Twitterverse internet gets behind me for a role with like uh, certainly of that uh, caliber and I love the Marvel movies I love everything Kevin Feige does the dude's a genius so in him I trust if if he wants me to do something like that I would love it so talks are happening is what we're saying <laughs> no, just, it's not so yes, that was John Krasinski. I talked about this with him during A Quiet Place 1. Uh, look, as far as I know, I'm the first person that fan cast him, but he really seemed to like the idea, and then it went viral. And I and think I manifested logic. it. I manifested it, because now we got it in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, from my lips and brain to Kevin Feige's ears. Yep. Um, what What's a our, cool What moment. are all your fan cast show? Because we gotta cast yeah. the rest of these no, movies. We, we, we were doing a pretty. We'll, we'll make a checklist. I, know, I feel like after every episode, we should do like like we used to do this fun thing on one of our old podcasts way back when. We used to do like a fan cast segment, uh, and I think it'd be fun to bring that back. Maybe in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but you know, we got John Krasinski full on Mister Fantastic uniform. Uh. Fun fact about the Fantastic Four, though, is the director, John Watts, just dropped out of the project. I mean, um, not sure it's fun, but definitely a fact. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a fact. We're not sure if it's fun, um, but it is definitely a fact. But I'm curious to see where the MCU kind of goes with the Fantastic Four, because the audience reaction to, yeah. to John Krasinski was, was out of this world. Yeah. I mean, I think that actually might have had a bigger cheer than Xavier. Uh, it, they, it was pretty they were, split. They were close, mm. but I, I think that one was a little bit more of a surprise to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was definitely more of a surprise. And the thing is, like, the way that they bring in the Illuminati, let's just go over all the members of yeah. the Illuminati real quick, because I feel like that that's going to take a little time here. Now, we, we did report that Baldur the Brave was going to be one of the members of the Illuminati that shows up. He is not. He is cut out of the film. Yeah. Um, from everything that we were told, he he was cut from the film. But we do have uh, Baron Mordo. He is the Sorcerer Supreme in the 838 universe. We also have uh, Black Agar Boltigan, Black Bolt, <laughs> which uh, which Doctor Strange makes a funny comment about. That's great. Um, we also have. You made uh, a couple of funny comments. Yeah. <laughs> we also have Lashana Lynch reprising her role as Maria Rambo, uh, taking the place of Captain Marvel. And now, I was surprised by that. With the Maria Rambo, huh? I expected it to be her daughter. Right, right. I um, really liked it though. 
I loved it. I'm I'm I I loved her character in the original Captain Marvel. Yeah. I actually think uh, she's one of the. It's not one of my favorite MCU movies, but she's one of the the shining shining stars in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy we got to see that character. Brought I was back. so bummed when they said that she was dead in WandaVision. To I know. So yeah. see, to see her a come back and b get to fully be a superhero, I was so on board. That was very cool. And then. Uh, that's when we get Captain Carter. Now, the biggest question I had was, was was this the what if version of Captain Carter? I think no, and I will say why I think no. We know, so during the uh, during the what if press conference, one of the things that they talked about was they wanted a character that was sort of gonna be uh, like recurring through line because we're gonna be getting different stories in every episode. But the character that they kind of gravitated toward and connected with other than T'Challa, which we're not gonna get that, um, was Captain Carter. So they had set up at the end of what if that we're gonna get like kind of what her next like that she's going to be this character, which they had already said, but they kind of set up what her next story could be, which is Steve coming back. Really? Yeah. So I don't think it's the next, I don't think it's the same one because she gets cut in half with her own shield. Yeah. We'll talk about all their brutal deaths in just a second. But after that, we get John Krasinski full on Mr. Fantastic and Reed Richards. But this is also an interesting quote or interesting line that Dr. Strange says to Reed. And he says, uh, didn't you go missing in the sixties? So, are we led to believe that the MCU version of Reed went missing in the negative zone in the MCU along with his family? I mean, that has been a theory that I've really liked about what they could do with Fantastic Four, because I think the biggest question about Fantastic Four has been, how are you going to introduce them? Because there's a possibility of, well, they're a new set of heroes, but that kind of feels lame, right? You yeah, want I mean, them to be more established. Um, I had a friend once that that, that that broke this down for me, and I was like, oh, such a fantastic idea. His name is Silas, uh, and, and he used to write for ComingSoon.net. I don't know where, where Silas is now, because I know he's writing for some other publication. But he had this idea that what if the Fantastic Four got caught in the negative zone in the six, in the 60 and then came back? And the world is completely changed, because mm-hmm. when prior to them leaving, and they, they come back like almost as freaks, but they're not even... like they're not the only ones with powers in this universe anymore. Right. So it, it changes everything completely where Johnny at that point could be his like, you know, hothead self, no pun intended, but doing his mm. like, you know, his arrogant thing. Um, Sue at this point now, um, going from the sixties to now women have equality for the most part have equality. Um, and now uh, it's, it's really women first. And I feel like that would be a different kind of a version of Sue that we would see. That'd be interesting. Um, and Ben, is a giant rock creature, and he would be. He, honestly, he might fit in in this universe. He wouldn't a little be bit that more. weird. He here. wouldn't be that weird in this universe now. And Reed would have to struggle, almost not being the smartest man in the world, because there's so many other people at this point that are so intelligent. We had Tony Stark. We have a uh, Hank Pym. You know, Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. There, yeah, there's a ton. Uh, who knows? Maybe an MCU Xavier's out there somewhere. But. We do learn about this uh, version of the Illuminati, and then out comes Charles Xavier in his yellow hover chair, and I about lost it. Then you hear the X-Men theme roar up. It was oh, great. So cool. It was so cool. Um, and then you get a back and forth thing where, where Doctor Strange is doing his one-liners and Peggy throws her shield. Uh, <laughs> that's all in the trailer. Now, let me ask you guys this. Those were... Those are some great cameos. Did they meet your expectations? And we also know that prior to this, they they did leak online. Yeah. Um, but they, Kevin, did they meet your expectations? Uh, for the most part, it did. Like I, especially, I like the 
the, that they had Captain Marvel and Captain America with uh, Peggy and Maria because it just shows like oh yeah it's really one step away it could have been either or either right. or so that's why I think there's probably multiple yeah. versions of Captain Carter Captain uh, Marvel and stuff like that so yeah. that's that's why I don't think it's the what if one too I, I, sorry I was just I because I thought I didn't even remember thinking about it but in the theater it was that moment because like you said it's one step away it's like what if similar to the what if episode but what if Peggy had gotten in the like tank to become Captain America or in this case Captain Carter but for um, this version of Captain Marvel it's what if she was the one who showed up early and flew the plane yeah I also like the scene where Doctor Strange asks what happened to their version or the their 838 version of Doctor Strange and Xavier essentially uh, probes of his mind and takes him back to the fight with Thanos now here's the interesting thing about this fight is it it literally took the five or six of them to beat Thanos, where it took all of our on MCU Titan. on, on Titan, and it took our whole MCU to defeat Thanos. That is not only did crazy. it take the whole MCU, it took the whole MCU and years and like the invention <laughs> of time travel. Like it was not oh five of us, six of us, we got this. Well, that makes me wonder if because Doctor Strange ran the scenario in his head about four million times or whatever, whatever it was. I, it makes me wonder if there was no Illuminati on the 616 version of the MCU. Or if having characters like Reed Richards and uh, Black Bolt and Charles Xavier would have made a that big of a difference. I also think that this scene here, because we are when we get to the scene, we already see Thanos defeated. Yeah. But I'm curious to see if there ha if there was any montages here of other cameos that either they 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 couldn't make happen or you know there's a handful of rumors that Deadpool was going to be in the film uh Wolverine is one that I I heard that they that it was Wolverine but it wasn't Hugh Jackman now from what I heard is Hugh Jackman did not want to reprise his role which I'm sure we'll talk about uh when we talk about some of the other things but it seems like this was really primed to have a ton of cameos in it yeah um Magneto Michael Fassbender's Magneto was another one we heard about do you think this was the scene that would have had all that I think this would have been the right scene for it, or it, either this would be the right scene for it, or they completely cut scenes. Because I can't picture another scene in this that it would have made sense unless it was like, because Strange and America are kept in those weird like prison blocks. Right. So Magneto being kept in something like a similar to that, but without metal around it would have made sense. But also it's kind of like, unless him and Strange are going to trade like trade barbs real quick and it's a cool thing to see, there's no real point. Right. I completely agree. Um, look, but we, we find out what ends up happening to their universe's Doctor Strange. And I thought this was one of the cooler moments where uh, they pretty much apologized to him because uh, this Doctor Strange did get a hold of the Darkhold. And he he, he he was the one that essentially defeated Thanos. Am I, am I correct in that? Or was it the whole team together? But it, was, it, was it was the team together. and um, But it was him using the Darkhold. He was dreamwalking and seeing essentially was there... Like, or in other universes, was there a way to defeat Thanos? Essentially what ours did, except, like, way more messed up. Um, so I think that Strange was probably, like, the deciding factor. But they, since they were all there, I'm going to assume they all fought and they didn't just stand there and watch. Yeah, I like that. It definitely seems that, uh, I don't know, it seems like Reed is really the one that calls the shots here. Because it feels like he gives the okay to Black Bolt to say I'm sorry, which then just completely destroys, <laughs> uh, completely destroys that version of Doctor Strange. And then they they craft this lie saying that he died in the Battle of Thanos. 
And it's like Peggy says, the world needs heroes. The world needs heroes. I actually like that from the Illuminati because I feel like that's That's something that they do. That's what they do. Um, Kev, are you disappointed we didn't get the comic accurate version of the Illuminati in this film? Not necessarily the comic accurate version of them, but I f- like the whole scene on Titan was is more comic accurate. Like, what I mean is like yeah. are you, like Stark not being in it, um, you know, uh, whoever else wasn't. Uh, I'm, Namor, maybe. I'm more upset that they didn't like have more references to their team and why these are the members of the Illuminati. Like, yeah, you, you the, just, you just, just have a sort of it, it felt like this wasn't really a secret society as much almost yeah. because yeah. it was like it's in the Baxter facility and all this other stuff. Like I, yeah, I, I think it would have been cooler if it was like, this is the Illuminati that's different than the Avengers. Yeah, another thing too is how quick the Illuminati was to disregard like Wanda's threat. And yeah. and even though they're the all knowing everything, they're just like, Tah! let's bring that witch on. We'll take care of her. <laughs> We're more worried about you who yeah. hasn't done anything. Right. So that, 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 you know, f- also, why did they not ask how he was here? Right. Like, it's this w- big thing where they're like, w- like even like our Strange and Wong are like, what do you mean you can travel through the multiverse? That is not a thing. And with this, it's like, you're from another universe. We will kill you. I'm like, hold on. Are you not concerned with how he got here? Well, yep. I think with, with, like, with their whole limited purview, like, their Doctor Strange just learned about the multiverse with his dark holidays that like, killed me before it gets bad. Oh, and their okay. Wanda their Wanda has powers, but she's not the Scarlet Witch. True. So they so they don't know about how many they know there's other versions of people, but they don't know the like expanse of their power Man, yet. You would assume that like I would assume that they you'd assume that Charles Xavier or somebody would see that coming. I think Charles Xavier think Charles saw Xavier it through strange and that's why he's like I trust them. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's but, right. That's right. Charles Xavier was the only one that was like the, I do trust yeah, him. Yeah the other guys are just like yeah we've seen how powerful you get it's a you know he's the most powerful being they've ever seen. You know so in comparison, yeah, you're going to go with the one you know. They didn't have a ton of screen time in the Illuminati, but it was impactful. Oh. The amount of time that they did spend on screen, every single scene was worth it. Um, then we see Wanda. Here, This was interesting because we see Wanda kind of like dreamwalk and find her reality in the 838, who was actually the mom of the twins. This Wanda, as you were explaining, Kevin, isn't the one that was kind of corrupted by the Darkhold, isn't the Scarlet Witch yet. She's She's just Wanda the mom. You know, we don't know what happened to Vision, or we don't even know Vision's the dad at this point. We have to assume, right? She was never, like, that was one of the most interesting parts of this to me. She never searched for Vision. Never. Mm -hmm. She only searched for the boys, which I was like, he has to be alive somewhere, though, right? Like, that was not a priority for her. I'm a little surprised Vision didn't pop up. I was, too. You know, that I mean, but then again, maybe it wraps things up, but even the way that it leaves things with Wanda, which we'll get to, yeah. uh, we'll see where that, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but we get to see Wanda interact with her kids uh, and, and kind of possess the 838 version of Wanda, and then she goes and wrecks shit at the Illuminati. Oh my God, those, like, here's <laughs> those the thing, like, Marvel's had some, like, brutal moments, like, one of the ones that will always come to mind to me, for me, is, like, Cap and Bucky just beating the crap out of Stark. This blew that out of the water. Yeah, ironically though, I compared uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to this phase's version of uh, Captain America Civil yeah, War. Yeah, you did. 
Um, and I and I think that that's on 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 point with especially with this. One of the most brutal things, though, may have not just been the way that she killed each member, which we will talk about. But the line that she says to Reed is cold AF. When when Reed's like, "Listen, I have kids. I'm a father." And Wanda just looks at him and goes, "Is your wife alive?" And he's like, "Yeah." And, and then she's like, "Great. At least like to the effect of like, when I kill you, at least somebody can take care of right. The kids. At least they won't be yeah. orphans. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and then the look on his face is just like, yeah, that was that realization <laughs> of, oh, maybe we picked the wrong guy to imprison. Yeah. Right. And then and then immediately when 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 Reed's like, you know, Black Bolt here, yeah, they can just say with a Black word, Bolt. and then just say a word, and 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 he'll kill you. He and then, opens his mouth, and you're dead. What mouth? Right. And, then, <laughs> and that was insane. So like. The way that she covered his mouth and the way that he, like, the pure panic on Black Bolt's face to the blood in his nose and his head exploding. Wow. Yep. Wow. And then what she does to Reed, which, you know, we have a, a group text going on and uh, a lot of this stuff leaked prior. And I and I showed you guys. Yeah. Uh, we didn't put it out publicly, no. but it was floating around. No, that felt a little too spoilery yeah. just because it's the same. Like, it's the same and, week. And that we're feels... so close. We're so close. Yeah. But uh, when she turns Reed essentially into spaghetti, I think the only thing that would have made that more. popped his head. popped his head. The only thing that makes that more morbid if that she would have, uh, like, eaten him like a spaghetti. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that. that that's that makes it a little bit more morbid, and then they cut to like a Wandavision like can fantastic soup ad, <laughs> right? It just writes itself. But she uh, she takes care of Reed quite quickly, and then she has uh, the biggest I, I would say the biggest problem with Captain Marvel and Captain Carter, which yeah. is actually pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Pretty cool little fight between them. Cap, um, did did you like seeing that interaction with all these characters? Yeah, uh, I like how she. We finally get to see like kind of the full potential of Wanda, like why she really is the Scarlet Witch, why she is the threat of the multiverse, and you know, because like in the comics, like she changes the whole existence of the world, like at least like twice at this point, right? I think so. The fact that you're having to try and count in your head, like. Good two times, like there's like two big ones that she does, and to see her take on the smartest, most powerful members of every superhero group with like without sweating. Well, it's what she says at the beginning of the film where yeah. she's like, I'm being reasonable, and they're like, You're what? No, and then you see this moment, and you have this, realiza- this realization of her sending these monsters, her like, she was being nice, yeah. You know, I really like this sequence as well because this is where we really start upping upping the ante with the horror. Um, I love some of the shots that we got with Wanda where she's like kind of contorted. It really felt like these classic monster movies almost, like 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 you're being chased by a monster. And to see it done in a superhero movie was fantastic. The first one that got me was even before that, like right before they jumped into 838 yeah. when she con- – where so they had trapped her in the mirrorverse, which – or the mirror dimension, which basically in every other Doctor Strange situation is like, cool, I won. Wanda's like – Thanks, bro. And uses that to then travel through reflections. And as she comes out, it's the body just cracking back into place like Ragdoll from the DC universe or something. It was, I hated it, but it was amazing. No, now that I'm talking about this, I forgot that Moon Knight also uses the mirror dimension, kind of, with, with the way they do Mark and, and Stephen, Stephen Grant. Um that that kind of stuff was cool. The way she came out of the mirror was cool. The way that she was chasing them under the like broiler, the, yeah. the eyeball was awesome. I, this is where you knew that you hired the right guy 
to direct this film because he understands the superhero tone, but does such a great job at mixing it with the horror genre. I think one of the best mixes isn't even like that standard horror, but it's the fact that like when Peggy Carter gets cut in half with the shield, you don't have to see it. Yeah. You yeah. know what happened though. I, one thing that we also see too is a building fall on Captain Marvel. And I think you're right, Kevin. Doesn't, I don't feel like she's dead either. No, you yeah. see her hand fall. Just yeah, because there's like a lot of space. Like, like, yeah, she could just, once she's awake, she'll get out. Yeah, she's not gonna be happy. Yeah. Her and Mordor are gonna be like, well, crap. I feel like they're gonna want revenge. We also get a, right. uh, like a hand-to-hand -hand combat fight between Mordor and Strange when uh, Strange is kind of in his shackles. This is actually one of our cooler fight scenes, mainly because there's not a lot of, there's not a ton of, uh, fisticuffs if you if you will in this film mm -hmm. this is one of the only times we kind of get that most of the fighting is done with superpowers or magic but this is one of our only fights where it seemed like that like there was a, a bit of a choreography having to go on between the two and from the choreography choreography standpoint part of what was so exciting was strange in the sense of hand-to-hand -hand combat is trained by mordo right so they had very similar movements and mm -hmm. it, it like you could tell watching it it wasn't a situation where because like one of the things i like in shang chi is that you it's yeah. like of course they have different fighting styles they have different skills they learn from different people this was i was your student i know what you're doing and that so having strange went through that made sense yeah and and we spend the majority of the second act in the 838 yeah uh before we jump off to another universe this is where Wanda finally gets a hold of america i believe right yeah mm -hmm. takes her back to the 616 yeah as uh, our Doctor Strange and Christine from the 838 yeah. end up at another universe. Yeah, the one that, honestly, I, that was one that I expected to be the what if one because like the Me too. buildings yeah. becoming smoke and stuff, that's what we saw in that episode Was four. that Wasn't that the what if Evil Strange? He did not have the third eye. He had basically every other monstrous thing. He but, did have the third eye. But it wasn't just that. Like, it whenever you that. saw the third eye, he also had all this other craziness going. I don't think it was the same one. Because I don't think the one that got trapped in, like, the dimensional, like, his universe. So I thought thing, it was the same one. I don't I'm, think he became a serial see, killer. Th th these yeah. are these, these, are these yeah. uh, uh, questions that I think that we need answered in the MCU because yes. I feel that like, because personally I feel like Captain Carter, uh, this, that, that evil Doctor Strange um, and even Wanda, if you don't really get the payoffs from the, from the Disney Plus shows, what for me it's like, point? what's the point of watching these? Um, especially one that was like, what if? Because look, I, I am a Marvel fan, but uh, to be 100% real with you guys, and both of you guys know this, I felt like I was suffering from Marvel fatigue. A lot what of if it's guys... not the right show if you are set if you have that feeling yeah. either? Look, what you got to think. We've been watching Marvel stuff for the better part of the last... 14 years. 14 years. With the last... Uh, with most of all of uh, the COVID, a weekly Marvel thing yeah. every week. Marvel has been the most... Like, out of just shows in general, that was the one that it was like... COVID did not slow them down. And then us working on the entertainment news side of things, it literally almost felt like opening my computer to go to work. And as I told both of you, they sent us uh, the advanced screeners of Moon Knight. And I, I just today, I just started watching it. Um, I think the finale is tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. like, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where I just needed the nudge. Even as prior to us going in the film and we were having lunch and I told you guys, I'm trying to get hyped about this movie and it's so hard for me. But I don't think... The movie's not bad by any means. No. And, and I am happy that I saw it because I think it does uh, reinvigorate re my uh, my love of the MCU. Um, 
But with that being said, I also know that we have a while to our next film. Mm -hmm. And that film, too, has been plagued with so many uh, production kind of things. That if, I mean, obviously, if any of the MCU films from day one was going to be plagued with some of that stuff, it was going to be Black Panther uh, from Isn't Wakanda Thor Forever. Next? I'm sorry. Thor is next. Thor is next. Thor is next, which I'm excited about. We'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, I I really feel that like with the Disney Plus shows, without the payoffs cinematically, what am I sticking around for? No, I mean, the biggest payoff for WandaVision was the kids. Yeah. And that she got the Darkhold. And the Darkhold's a whole other issue in this movie, if you ask me, because... It's if that's the end of it, because in this it was like, oh, she destroyed the dark holes and all the multiverse. Really? So we got it for a movie. So yeah. let, let's move over to the third act, because honestly, the third act of this film, I feel, has the biggest fingerprint of Sam Raimi on it. Yes. Um, it feels like there's there's straight up things that that feel so practical, so much from uh, the Evil Dead, except with a Marvel budget yeah. per se. Um, and it's just that that fight scene with the music. That like, was so cool. That was one of the coolest oh, scenes, awesome. but it screamed Sam Raimi to me. And like not only that, that was one of those like that and like there's just moments in here, and that's one of them where it's like, Marvel, get weird with your magic. Yeah. It's better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the music scene, like I like that a lot too because it called back to the first one. I remember, he's like playing a song, he's like, "Oh, give me a hard one to guess." So I was like, not only is he a master of the mystic arts, he's like a musical savant. So yeah. it's like they're playing, you know symphonies and adult, you know, play symphonies at each other with while they're trying to kill each other. And I thought that was just, there's like so many layers to that scene that mm-hmm. just brought this, like one of the best fight scenes in the MCU. I agree. I think that those, those type of things would make the MCU characters in the writing so unique. Yeah. Um, that, that small attention to detail, but then you got these big glaring things that look, and it is the MCU. So I, for the most part, I don't think that they really do bad movies per se. There's certain movies I don't like and certain yeah. movies that are, that, that, you know, as an, as a Marvel movie, you say, oh, it's not better. It's not as good as this Marvel movie, but they're all pretty decent. That's also just not a fair compare. Like we all do it, but it's not a fair compare. Yeah, yeah, but with with something like Doctor Strange, I feel that like they there's so much that they got right, but it's so much I wish they would have focused on more. Yeah, I mean, my biggest problem with this movie is Wanda. Yeah, so in this third act, when we're kind of getting the big fight scene, uh, Strange possesses Defender Strange, who they bury earlier on in the film, Um, and. I don't know if it was you, Kev. Somebody had told me, like, oh, what if that's not Zombie Strange? What if that's, uh, like, another thing? And it, and it turn, turned out it wasn't Zombie Strange whatsoever. Right. But I like the way that, and by the way, it's he's forbidden to possess anything that's not alive, I believe. Which, we, I guess we're just supposed to kind of know. Because the way, like, you find out in the film, but the way they say it is, like... Forbidden. Right. It was, <laughs> it, not only that, he's like, it, for when the souls attack, like, when the souls of the damned attack me, I'm like... What are you talking about? Yeah, like the the uh, the decaying strange talking had a lot of laughter in the audience, and I'm not sure how that's going to play overall to a general audience. I thought audience. it was creepy. I thought it was creepy too, but did it come off? It's a fine line between creepy and goofy. It's kind of. I think it's that Evil Dead thing. Right. It's a, It is. I think that is that charm that uh, Sam Raimi does have. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing, though. My biggest problem with this act is it's too fast. Like I feel that like that fight. And the resolution of the film wrap up very quickly. It's Wanda. Mm-hmm. It, like, the- I mean, it's one like her entire arc in this doesn't work for me because part of it I think is, I think they didn't really know what to do with her after WandaVision, and because they just want her to be like, 
Like, she's at her best when she's being used as a horror tool. And she's the second per- what One of the cooler scenes, too, which we kind of grazed over was Xavier uh, going into Wanda's mind. Yeah, yeah. and um, trying to save 838 Wanda, failing and then getting his neck snapped. Yes, but the cool thing about that was, if anybody remembers, I believe it was the- Oh, well, we're doing an X-Men podcast. It's called The Astonishing X Show. Check it out on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. But we go back and talk about the X-Men, the animated series throughout the different eras. One of our first episodes was uh, an episode called Deadly Reunions. If anybody remembers, it's the fourth episode of X-Men the Animated Series. The episode opens with Xavier probing Sabretooth's mind. Mm. And um, he does it in, in, a, in a somewhat similar way that he kind of does with Wanda. Now, this is seen throughout uh, the X-Men Animated Series. And here's the cool thing. Seeing that cinematically blew me away. Yeah. So immediately Kevin you had mentioned this a little bit when we get into the astral plane in Wanda's head and he sees Wanda in this wreckage and there's that classic TV screen playing uh, some classic sitcom I almost wanted that young Wanda that was in there uh, that Xavier was trying to pull out I almost wish that that was the young Wanda and uh, from Wanda and Pietro that uh, saw the explosion happen and, and that kid that they were trying to pull out. I feel like part of why it wasn't is he wasn't trying to save our Wanda. That's true. Like That's it true. Had, if it had been That's that, true. that would have worked. Because I think that honestly, I think if in that scene, it was like he wasn't just trying to save eight three eight Wanda. He was probing into six one six Wanda's mind. Her entire arc would have played better. And how cool. Yeah. Like, she straight snaps his neck. How many dark. times have we seen Patrick Stewart die as Professor Charles Xavier? Um, Anybody know the answer? Anybody? Four. So we see him die in X3. Okay. He he, he dies in that X3. film uh, through through the Phoenix Force. Days of Future Past. We also see him die in Days of Future Past. Uh, and we see him. Yeah. Wait, does he die in Days of Future Past? I can't, I don't know if that's good. Yeah. Well, Pretty much all of them technically. Yeah, they all technically And die. then Logan, he dies. So okay. this would be this would be Patrick Stewart's fourth cinematic death is Professor Charles Xavier, which and this is, is a next has to be some kind of record, right? <laughs> has to be at this point. Um, nonetheless, though, it was super cool seeing him. But yeah, th- I agree with you, Caitlin. My biggest issue with this film is that it, and maybe this is something to do with the reshoots. I'm not sure Marvel knew what to do with Wanda. Next. No, I feel like I feel like they. <sighs> So WandaVision, you get this deep dive into her and her past and why she is the way she is. And you find like, oh, she didn't do this on purpose initially, but now because she's in it, she's going to keep it. With this, it's just like, I'm evil now. I'm going to kill kid a kid just to get what I want. And I don't care. I was like, that is so weird to me. And then at the end, it was just like... It was so cliche. Right. Just the realization of, I'm a monster. Yeah, babe. Everyone's been saying that the entire freaking movie. Where have you been? I think they've been yeah. saying it since WandaVision. I yeah. feel like, yeah. like they've, they've been telling you a while now. And like, no consequences. Strange is like, it's fine. It's Jersey. <laughs> how many buildings, how many buildings seemingly fall on people to kill them? There's no way that she's dead. Come yeah. on. She's, yeah, her tenure in the MCU is not over. No. Especially after this performance, because she, she's amazing. As much as we're complaining about her arc, Elizabeth Olsen was amazing. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I don't think Wanda... There's no redemption left for this character, though. I I feel like if they try and set up a redemption... Like, I could have seen a redemption arc after WandaVision. That, yeah. That is what mm-hmm. set it up for me. Here, if she gets a redemption arc, like, redemption arc immediately after this... It's not earned. Well, here's the thing. Where do we even see that played out? Because we, just thinking about the projects that we have going forward, and we have to assume there's going to be another meeting between Wanda and Vision to get some of this that stuff settled, whether to. it be a battle or whatever it may be. But where does that happen? I, I'm i thinking House of M. 
Um, so you, but but at, but you, at this point like we have to assume a lot of that, that we're gonna mm-hmm. have to like go through the X Men as well to get there. I think it, it might be kind of an opposite way where she brings in the X Men. I was ways. thinking that too. Maybe but that like, she's I the feel cause like of after it. this, like she's kind of Wanda's kind of fading out. Scarlet Witch is taking over because like how strange oh. she's still going to be kind of corrupted. So she's just going to be going crazy. So do you think and Wanda at this point going forward is one of the MCU's major villains? Yeah. And I think it, they might do this know, to like take out re- Hawkeye. Like he's going to be the, <laughs> no, because like it's what happened in the comics. No, like, I know. Just the concept of who's going to finally kill Hawkeye and it's, it's the biggest more. bad possible. Well, I mean, yeah. it, would, it would totally make sense mainly because of she's Hawkeye was such an instrumental part yeah, of like getting her to fight for the well, Avengers. That scene, they they and said then in Civil the War, breaks her out. They said in the Hawkeye um, press conference that the thing that made the Hawkeye series kind of spark in Faggy's head was his mentorship of Wanda, like that mm-hmm. moment in uh, what is it, um, Ultron, where he's like, "You step out that door, you're an Avenger." Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why we got the Hawkeye series. So then to have it go full circle and. It's a basic like that would be the moment of her going. I'm not Wanda anymore. Yeah, look, uh, like, you see, you see her face just fade and you know go like you know evil, and then the eyes come out, and then boom, Hawkeye's just dust. So essentially, they destroy the dark hold. It seems like a building falls on her, and she seemingly dies. We don't really see her body. She, we don't I really mean, see her die. Maybe she released Kathan by doing that too. It's possible. I mean, it, I'm curious to see where we're going to see Wanda pop up next. I am too. Um, I will say this though, because after that, the movie kind of ends, but we get this. I think the movie ends very bizarrely. I don't like the ending. Um, It's almost like everything like strange saves the day. He's walking across the street, chipper and happy, starts yelling out of nowhere. And the third eye like appears because he used the dark hold. Um, it was a very bizarre ending. Also, America's Not only that, but it was also a bizarre post-credit scene, which was kind of like that was the ending, but that was your post-credit well, scene. Also, America's I guess going to be a sorcerer, which is cool. But cool, yeah. I mean, like, I guess okay. Strange and them need a need somebody to mentor. I love that America's sticking around the MCU. I am though. too. I'm very excited. And I really about that. hope that Wong's more of her more of her mentor. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I I like that we finally get to see uh, America. Trying to control her powers, seemingly. Yeah. I have a feeling she's going to be an important character going forward. Though. I do too. I um, thought, and she she did such a good job in general. But that moment at the end where she doesn't know how to say goodbye to Strange, <laughs> it's such a teenager. She just runs up, Steven. Yeah, sup? Yeah. What? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, she, honestly, she was great. Like I, she's such a great shining star in this film. So, so this is like going to like theories now. I think a p- reason they're making her a sorcerer too is because of the incursions they mentioned earlier in the film yeah. so if the incursions happening her powers kind of go away so she- oh you're right it also it also makes her an even more important part of like i'm assuming they're building young avengers they keep introducing them yeah. so there's a handful of things that that i feel like uh mcu kind of and it's interesting because i i know that this is the movie that we're that we all know that like okay after this marvel can be more open with their plans i don't think tell you the will. truth i'm not Sure, where it's going. I mean, we know that the incursion's happening, and from everything that I was told, this it seems seemingly seems like it's going to lead to secret wars. Um, but they're under the, the you know they're slowly are building up the Young Avengers. Uh, we're also it seems like we're also building the Thunderbolt slash Dark Avengers. Yeah. So, and we also know that there's a series called Secret Invasion coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm curious to see if we get any other past heroes uh, discovered as scrolls. Maybe maybe that you know we get some of these other characters like uh, Hulkling. 
Yeah. As, as one of the ones that was supposed to be in WandaVision. And now we can maybe get this character here. But I'm curious to see if uh, America, how she impacts the MCU going forward. It has to be big. I mean, A, she killed it. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. And like, it's similar to um, Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. I was like, that was the best part of Hawkeye. Right, right. So bringing those characters back is going to be important. And then... Yeah, having her be tied to not only Strange, but Wong and like that sorcery element is going to be hugely important. So I feel like she's she has to be a big piece of that, because otherwise, wouldn't she have just gone and searched for her mom's? Right. Well, let's jump to the post credit scenes, because th these are these are what you stick to the theaters for. This is what you want to see. This gives you your first clue of where the MCU is going, at least. Mm -hmm. That's the way that these are set up. And and, and we kind of do get to see that. So the first mid-credit scene we'll call um, is Doctor Strange. Ironically enough, like he's healthy and fine. He's not yeah. screaming. And, and Immediately after yeah, we yeah. see him like screaming and on the street, brought to his knees with pain and the eye open up, we cut to him yeah, like in, a sweater. in a different outfit yeah, completely walking like, down the street. Yeah, he's, he has like a sweater wrapped around himself. And he's like, <laughs> he looks very preppy, just, you know, grocery store shopping, Chilling. whatever he's doing. Yeah. Um, and then immediately we hear a voice and we see a person. Now, this is one of the things that we reported on. It was Clea, played by Charlize Theron. Now, um, a lot of fans may not know who that is, but she's a character that's definitely tied to Doctor Strange. Go and check out uh, any Marvel comic books with Clea if you kind of want to get a sense of where their relationship is. It's kind of the perfect time to bring her in because like, one of the things that this movie really did is it gave Christine actual stuff to do, which was nice, yes. but it really wrapped up their story. Exactly. And that's what we needed. Yeah. I feel like that's what we needed. And, and you can kind of, I'm happy that they actually used Rachel McAdams. Me too. She was great. Yeah, she was great in this. But we now know that this incursion is happening. So we at least know where we're going with Doctor Strange. And it seems like, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and Clea are going in this, whatever, wherever we're going next together. So I'm curious to see where the two of them pop up. So next. is he just, yeah, is he just not going to be around for a while? You know what? Mm -hmm. If I had to guess where they're going to go, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a gander and I'm gonna say that they're they're gonna be in the next season of Loki. Oh, that yeah. would be that would be where I would guess they would. That go could next. work. The um, portal she opened though was Dormammu's dimension. It was Dormammu's dimension, so what it is it? interesting. It was Dormammu's dimension. Oh. So there's a lot to look forward to, and then our final post credit scene. Uh, as we were sitting there waiting for the final scrolls to roll, I said, this has to be a comedy bit. You did. There has to be yeah. a comedy bit. And it was. It was Bruce Campbell being the uh, the cart worker again. And uh, we probably didn't mention this during the course of the show, but uh, when he, when Bruce Campbell ran into Doctor Strange, he was, uh, America Chavez didn't pay for her pizza ball, apparently. Yeah. And uh, she he wanted the money, and then he starts offending Strange or saying something. And then Strange essentially just makes... Bruce makes him punch himself punch himself for three weeks straight which by him. the way that guy should be dead right <laughs> should be dead he was like throwing his face against the cart and everything else but at the end of it uh he finally stops and he finally is like his bruised face is finally uh not beaten up and this is an evil dead reference yeah. if anybody didn't know but he looks at his hand and he says what does he say it's there or what does he say oh it's over oh. it's over yeah, yeah so like he gets his over. hand back yeah so uh, <laughs> it makes a small reference to the evil dead universe which i think was super cool for marvel to do i also thought it was hilarious like cutting back to that scene of when he's mad about her not paying for her food her going you know food is free in most universes right, right? you guys are weird right um but that's that was essentially dr strange in the multiverse of madness kevin you wrote the review for the illuminati.com uh out of a scale of one through five, what are you giving Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I give Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness three point five hexes. Three point five hexes, Caitlin. What are you? What did you give the film? I'll go three. 
I am also I'm gonna I'm gonna also say three. I feel like it's a it's a very you know what? No, I'm gonna go three point five, Kevin. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you why. This is this is a very mid card Marvel movie in terms of um like taking the Illuminati out of it. This that is just a, a Marvel movie, right? Mm-hmm. You imagine those are just regular characters. This is just a Marvel movie. Yeah. Adding those characters into the film gave it a sense of like this must must watch ability to it. However, the thing that I felt was the most lacking was one of the coolest characters coming into this film, which was Wanda. Yeah. And coming out of this film, um, and maybe it's the way that Marvel wants me to feel about the character. I just don't care about Wanda or kids anymore. That's so disappointing yeah. to me because I'm I. It's not even that I don't care. I'm just like. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Because I, like, I had always thought she was interesting, but WandaVision, I'm like, this is the coolest freaking character. I love this character. And then with this, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with you after this. And my other issue is just, like, like the reason I would give it 3 instead of 3.5 is kind of what you said. It's like, we didn't really explore all the, the multiverse all that much. For yeah, a movie no, that's too. supposed to be called The Multiverse of Madness, we, got, we jumped into, like, two universes. I guess, yeah, like, two, because we didn't even see the Defender universe. No. No. no we, we did get a glimpse. Uh, we didn't mention earlier. Uh, 2099. Did we? I didn't, I didn't catch it was, that. Uh, it, it was, like, a futuristic city with, like, you know, floating oh, tunnels. Oh, yeah, and stuff. but that was, was oh, one of cool. those, like, we're yeah, diving yeah. through it. Like, yeah, the only one I caught right off the bat was the Savage Land, yeah. which I, was pretty cool. That was a very cool scene and visually really, really impressive, but... I would have rather had them, like, instead of just diving through where it was a second, almost have them land and be like, what the hell, in a couple yeah. of them. That, that was very Easter egg-ridden, though. I feel like that yeah. scene, people are going to pause and try to catch the references. It didn't feel like anything different from the first film when Strange gets pushed through the first time. Yeah. Right, right. Well, look, that's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Caitlin, where do you think Doctor Strange's journey goes next? I mean, the fact that they're probably leading to Secret Wars um, with him is really interesting because I I don't know if I necessarily because we've all the assumption for a lot of fans has been that he's going to be the new Tony Stark which fair he screws up the MCU in the same way that Tony Stark did and I say that as someone who loves Tony Stark um, so I think it's interesting that he's probably setting up what's going to be the next like Infinity War Endgame event um, but I'm really curious because like what you said like him showing up in Loki I guess makes sense but I don't know if they're going to do that just because yeah. like Charlie's Throne and Bennett Cumberbatch feel like big <laughs> names for Loki season two. It's a lot of money. I, you know who knows though. It, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see where Loki even goes next because yeah. that's a character. I, I, it I doesn't seem like he's going to pop up in Thor: Love and Thunder. It doesn't seem like he is, but you never know with these MCU films because. Like, I think we all knew that Wanda was going to be in this from the initial yeah. jump, but I, I I, even think the majority of us knew that she was going to be somewhat of the villain. We just didn't know how she was going to get there. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, they never tell us that either in the no, course of this film. No, it's just that she had the dark hold, so she went evil, I guess. Right. So I'm just, who knows? It's really hard to say where that, I, who knows, maybe uh, uh, Midnight Suns is a possible thing i think wong is the one i'm most excited to see yeah. next well you know what kevin you made a good point about wong is that he's now almost like uh the mcu's version of uh nick fury now mm-hmm. yeah appearing in all these different marvel the wong see you the wong yeah. see you yeah the wong see you that's right that's right um 
Now let's go in to our final segment of this show, uh, our exclusive. Some of the news that we broke that we got correct or we got incorrect, but we're going to talk it out and explain it along the way. Or somewhere in the middle. Or somewhere in the middle. So, Caitlin, break us down with some stories that the Illuminati dropped over the last two years on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, we broke that they were going to have Clea, so I say we checked that off right away. Clea did make an appearance in the film. She was played by Charlize Theron. And a little backstory to that, we actually knew ahead of time she was going to be played by Charlize Theron, but we were specifically told by Disney not to release that information. But then they told us it would be cool to release that information. We just can't say- been released yeah, already. And we just couldn't say what movie or what character. So there's that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the, about the time we got told not to do that, yeah. it was another one of our yeah. releases, which was we knew Krasinski was going to be Mr. Fantastic. We did know John Krasinski was going to be Mr. Fantastic. That is one that we sat on for a, a solid day. Um, but eventually we put it out there and we had that article up for a solid 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 <laughs> minutes. It, it, it almost broke the internet. Um, and, and 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 that came up on a Friday night. I remember it was a Friday night, 15 minutes later, I we, we immediately got an email telling us to take that article down. Yeah. We, we did. We did. But uh, we didn't have any pictures or anything like that. We just knew the information that John Krasinski was going to be appearing as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So one more for the good guys. What's What else we got? America Chavez. We broke that. We broke that like pre, wasn't that pre-script change? Yeah, so America Chavez was one of the characters that it seems never got changed from the the original film. Uh, This is one that we uh, absolutely broke. Um, And here we are talking about America Chavez, one of our more... uh, brighter shining stars like in the, one, of the one of our favorite parts of the of this film so that's another one for the good guys uh this one i'm gonna count as a more yes than no was shu mcgrath yes so we said that shu mcgrath was going to be in this film um from the reports that we had uh it wasn't shu mcgrath it, it, it was a character another character that looks exactly like shu mcgrath called uh gargantos gargantos so that uh character going forward was not Shu McGrath. However, it was the same concept as Shu McGrath and it was the same aesthetic as Shu McGrath. Yeah. We're going to say we got that one 50-50, but uh, we're not going to count that one as a full one. We'll say half. Yeah. Half. Uh, this one is just, it's not a win. Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo did not show up in the film. Now, uh, there was an actress in the film where I was thinking maybe they gender swapped the role. Uh, I, her name is something Adam. Oh, yeah. Uh, I interviewed her for a film called Bruce. She is amazing, by the way. Um, she was the one that let, stabbed the book, right? She, yeah. Atom or something. Uh, she is the one that stabbed the book. Um, that's a possibility that that could have been a gender swap for doc, for uh, Brother Voodoo. But I no. think it's Brother Voodoo's sibling because you know how Brother Voodoo is always talking to the spirit of his sibling. Right. Oh, so this could have set that up. Yeah, I mean, I think it got changed because the script changed. I mean, Waldron got like he got hired in February 2020 to basically rewrite this. I I think that we had put that story out in 2019. This was way before that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but at least we try to keep you updated with all the production uh, stuff that's going on, and try to keep you updated with all the latest news that's going on over on theilluminati.com. Guys, I think this is a good stopping point for our inaugural. Uh, show we're always watching the official Illuminati movie podcast. Um, Kevin, any final thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Uh, come back to me, <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin. You got any final final thoughts? Yeah, I can't wait for more America Chavez. I'm and I'm super bummed about Wanda. Yeah, I I think that this film is. Uh, I think it's a very good Marvel movie. Um, it's it's one of the better films out of this phase. There's only been four films out of this phase. Now, let me tell you this. 
For me, know, if, we're, if we're ranking the four films that came out in this phase so far, we have Eternals, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, we have Spider-Man No Way Home, and we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This ranks three for me. Same. Um, I'm going to put uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, being my number one, Shang-Chi is my number two, and this is my number three, solidly my number three, with Eternals rounding it out at the fourth spot. I would agree with you. Um, Same. Oh, Black Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow came out. I completely forgot about Black Widow. To be fair, that doesn't feel like it should be a phase four movie. I forgot completely about Black Widow. Yeah, I think that like Black Widow would be a top tier movie if it came out at the right time. You know, it's interesting. It's like insulting that it came out so late. I think, Kev, that since that was the start of the pandemic when things were really starting to get figured out. And I think that. I didn't have the theater going experience in that movie and I and I watched it at home and that's what I we're doing. I watched it both ways. It's better in the theater. I can imagine so because I did rewatch it back recently and there's a lot of things where I was like, man, this would have been cool in, in yeah. like a big screen. But also, it just also came out two years too late. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie would have had way more of an impact coming right in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War and it makes, there's just so many things that that, that make Infinity War uh, better movie going space. by the way Infinity War is fantastic yeah. but it enhances it just a little bit more watching this right before well it. it gives her character like so many more interesting traits not only in Infinity War but in Endgame absolutely yeah. absolutely well look that's gonna do it for us on uh, We're Always Watching the official Illuminati movie podcast Kevin where can everybody find you on social media uh, they can find me at PhoenixDY on Twitter Caitlin, where can people find you on social media? At Caitlin underscore Tyrell on Twitter. You can find me, Joe Illuminati, on all social media. And you can find the Illuminati on social media. Just search the Illuminati. We'll pop up. You'll know which one we are. Uh, You can check us out on YouTube and check out our website. Updating you. Updating updating you with everything lading. I can't even get these words out. I'm so excited. (laughs) We're updating you with uh, everything trending in geek pop culture. We get the latest news out there. We have exclusives coming out daily. Uh, Great reviews. Go check us out. Theilluminati.com is where you can find us. Until next week, guys, we are always watching and we are the Illuminati. Say bye. Bye. Bye.